Hey everyone, this is Jason Probst, That Guy in Hutch, and you're listening to That Podcast in Hutch. Today I'm excited to have a couple of people in the studio with me. Uh, they've been doing a lot of work in town, and you've probably seen some of the activity over the last year, year and a half or so. Uh, Mark and Phoebe Davenport, they're the owners of the Leon Apartments, the Plaza Towers, and the Hoke Building, all in the downtown Hutchinson area. Thanks for coming on today, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us, us, Jason. So... You're not from Kansas. Uh, you come here right now. You're living in the Kansas City area, but that's not where you're from originally. Tell us a little bit about how you came to be investing in Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm originally from New Hampshire. I'm from uh, England. Yeah, and uh, so yeah. Well, we were living in um, Brooklyn, New York, and we were working on a bunch of. Uh, properties in New Hampshire we would drive between Brooklyn New York and New Hampshire and work on those properties and for a number of different reasons we uh Brooklyn New York wasn't a great place for us to be we have young kids we want a different kind of um lifestyle but also we wanted to uh kind of scale our business with real estate so we visited some friends in uh who who had family in in, in Missouri and we saw what was going on with commercial properties in I guess in the Midwest, but it was in Missouri, it was in St. Joe. And we saw this big school building that was until like a year ago at that time, it was full of kids and was being used as a school building. And then it was on the market for $200,000. And we were just astonished that, that a school building would become available to any person who would submit an offer. And for that, that price point, I mean, we, we were in Brooklyn, you ha Brooklyn, New York. So you, you can't even buy a, you can barely buy a con, you can't even buy a one bedroom apartment for, for that. But you it get was a cardboard offer. box on the street for 200K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we were, I think probably it clicked like, okay, there's, there's opportunities to kind of make some moves here. Um, so we moved to Kansas City and we decided to kind of set up our lives there as a, as a family, but also with the idea that, hey, we'll, we'll run around here for a little bit and see what we can do. So it's kind of a combination you wanted, you know, thought maybe big city life, having small kids might not have been quite what you wanted, but also when you, when you kind of started looking at the property available in this area and the price, like you said, the price point of some of the property, it was quite a bit of difference, right? Like you said, cardboard box in New York, you know, <laughs> six story building in can in Missouri or Kansas. Right. Right. Absolutely. And we had about 18 units in New Hampshire at the time. And when we were thinking about, uh, selling our properties on the East coast in order to reinvest in the Midwest, it just was, it was a no brainer for us. Um, it's a way for us to get our, some experience in a larger property, um, without breaking the bank for us compared to, you know, the market we were playing in at the time. Sure. So how, so that gets you to Kansas. What then brings you to Hutchinson or why do you start looking at properties in Hutchinson? At the, at the time we had, we were in the process of selling the portfolio we had in New Hampshire, um, knowing that we wanted to reinvest and, you know, we put the funds aside and we were looking, um, uh, at different States, you know, mainly in the Midwest, Kansas, Missouri. And, uh, I was just on realtor.com. I think it was one night looking, looking for properties as I would do. And I saw these two buildings pop up in, um, in Hutchinson and that was Plaza Towers and, and Leon Place. And I'm just mostly astonished that, <laughs> that they pop up. One is a, for people who don't know, a Plaza Towers is a 12 story, 100,000 square foot 
uh, apartment building and Leon is, is six stories. So we were just astonished that that was within striking distance with what we happened to have, you know, after selling our stuff. So so we get on Google Maps and say, where's Hutch? <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was what it was like. <laughs> Where is this town? I'd never heard of it before. Yeah, it's got a three-hour drive from Kansas City, so we felt like that was reasonable. The drive from uh, Brooklyn to New Hampshire is five hours, so okay. for us, it was kind of what we were used to. So this isn't too far of a drive compared to the compared to that. It's comparable or even less, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. It's a day trip for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can make it down and back in a day, right? Come yeah. down and do some work and still get back. That's what we're doing today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're down today, and then right. when you're done doing what you need to do here, you'll head back home. Right. Yep. Yeah. Very yep. good. So, so you start looking. So that piques your interest, and you you start looking at it, and then you kind of, I, I guess you came down and you and you looked at it, and sometime in was it late 2020 that you closed on the buildings? Maybe early 21 on the on the second building. Yeah, we bought Plaza in July of 2020, and then Leon was a few months after that. Okay. So, well, how many units are in each of those buildings, apartment units? I mean, I know the Plaza has some, at least two stories of commercial property, and you guys have been really active on developing that. Um, yeah, Plaza has, it has 63 apartments, and they're really good size apartments too. Um, and then it has, on the first floor, it has a restaurant, two retail spaces, and a old kind of speakeasy bar area. Mm -hmm. And then the second floor of Plaza has a big ballroom that seats 300 people. It has a smaller event room and then some offices. Um, and Leon has 33 apartments. And the first floor there has a couple of retail spaces as well. Um, it also has this interesting area in the back that we're looking to make into smaller kind of cost-effective office options for uh, the one-man show. Oh, yeah. So that'll be coming hopefully in 2022. Oh, wow. Now, you, you and I have talked before, and I think I told you the story about the Red Lion that, that <laughs> used to be in the back of the Plaza Towers. And, and for people who've been around Hutch for a while, they know that was at one time one of the uh, most interesting bars and, and maybe the coolest bar in town. And it, it had this whole, like you said, a speakeasy vibe to it. It was uh -huh. like a backdoor entrance. So it's, uh, it's good to see somebody kind of working to revitalize that space a little bit. Well, an interesting story on that is that when we were looking for a lender to partner with on the project, we stumbled upon Michelle at People's Bank and she was like, my wedding reception was at the Red Lion. And it just was just a really cool connection to hear about a little bit of the history. She obviously knew the building better than we did. <laughs> I, I bet there's a lot of stories from the Red Lion. Some of them are sure. uh, tellable and some of them not. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... I, I want to come back to the properties uh, and, and talk a little more about that. But I also want to talk about you individually. Uh, what did you do before you invested in property and came to Kansas? I was um, still am, but at the time I worked as a musician. Okay. So I would uh, drums, bass, and guitar. I would teach and play in bands. Okay. And I'm trained as an occupational therapist. So I have a master's in OT and I was practicing in New York. But um, since we came to the Midwest, I have not practiced here because we're doing real estate here so now how are you liking life in the midwest <laughs> it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah is it? i think so yeah well we're kind of seeing that now right we're starting to see uh -huh. kind of this urban flight a little bit especially right. after the pandemic where people realize i may have been living in a place like brooklyn or silicon valley or something like that for my job 
But right. now I don't have to live there. We've discovered that we can do our jobs from, particularly if you work in those kind of fields, you can right. do it anywhere. And we're starting to see more people interested in living in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Hey, explain to people, because most people that are hearing this probably live the bulk of their life in a in Hutch or a place like Hutch or in Kansas. Uh, what is so different about life here versus in a place like Brooklyn? I think parking is probably the number one thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can park in your driveway or right outside your your house on the street or your apartment mm. building. You can carry your groceries in. It's really the logistics of life are a lot simpler yeah. than it, they were in Brooklyn. Yeah. I've, I've never considered that because I too have spent most of my life here. But yeah, something like buying groceries and you got 15 bags of groceries, you're looking at parking possibly blocks away, right? Mm-hmm. Carrying your groceries to your house and maybe you live on the 10th floor of an apartment building and you got to mm-hmm. carry them up. Right. And yeah, yeah it's just that. And you got even kids like in the that. car, they crashed on the way home and you got to yeah. carry your two-year-old and 10 bags of groceries. <laughs> yeah. 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 But a place like this, you can just get your groceries, uh, duck into your house, put the groceries away, come back in, grab your kids, whatever, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we were, when we were in Brooklyn, we would... Sometimes, depending on when we came back to our apartment, we were renting an apartment uh, when we were driving with our own car. We would circle the block maybe or the area for like 15 minutes to try and find a spot. And then we'd park the car 15 minutes away from the house, you know, so or the apartment that we were living in. I mean, and that's in, in a way, you know, New York City is so romantic and it really is. It's an awesome place to live. But in some ways, it's also really difficult to live because of the logistics. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And how about have how about having children? I mean, you mentioned that you you know you started thinking, well, maybe we don't want to live in the city when we have children. What talk about that a little bit? What what about having kids makes you start to reevaluate maybe not living in a city? Hmm. For me, it was primarily the logistics. I really love living in a city culture. I love the diversity and being around different types of people, and I want my kids to experience that. I want them to grow up around people who are different from them. Um, but yeah, the logistics are really tough, you know, having either no yard or very tiny yard. Um, yeah, things like that made it difficult to stick it out with the kids. Sure. Yeah. I think when they get older too, it'd probably be easier in a city. Right. I can see that. Well, this is, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn here, but this has piqued my interest. So as we see some people leaving urban areas and I think there's a, always a lot of conversation in Kansas about how do we attract people from out of state hmm. and, and you're talking about, um, you know, the, the, the it's a simpler, the logistics are easier. Um, but also there's some of that, the cultural components and the diversity. Um, what, what sort of things do you think, uh, Kansas might be able to do to, or a place like Hutch might be able to do to try to pull more people in, we, we have kind of baked in the simplicity, but maybe there are some other things we ought to be doing to try to pull more people like you into our state. I think hmm. having different kinds of food really helps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Medi- we lived in the Middle East for a little while and Mediterranean food is nowhere to be found, sadly. And it's uh, things like that that would make people from different cultures feel more welcome in a place. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, there, I've read something before that says the quickest way to, uh, break down cultural barriers is through food. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody, everybody loves food and yeah. most people are at least a little bit curious about 
other cuisines. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you start bringing other foods in, it's it helps a lot. But you you had all the country fried steaks or chicken fried steaks you can handle here. <laughs> <laughs> and Hutch has a lot of Mexican food to offer too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We have that. <laughs> we have that for sure. And it's great food. <laughs> yeah, it's great, yeah. but but it, but it is we we don't have a lot. Like I say, we don't have a lot of Mediterranean. We did it one time have a Indian place in the gas station, mm. but I I haven't seen if it's still there. That's yeah. one of our family favorites. Yeah, yeah, Indian. Curry. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love Indian food. I mean, it's like uh, there's a lady who runs I think a Dairy Queen uh, just uh, behind Leon, uh-huh. and she's from the she's from the Middle East. I think she might be Lebanon, Lebanese. Yeah, and Lebanese food is just amazing. And she's running a like an American ice cream store, and that yeah. that's totally cool. You know, you know, she does what she does, and that's that's awesome. But Lebanese food, you know, yeah, really good. Yeah. <laughs> they probably made a, a, an assessment that there wasn't much market for Lebanese food in, in Hutchinson. <laughs> but I really do wish that we had more uh, ways to try different foods here in, yeah. in right. a place like Hutch, because it's just you know, anytime I get a chance to try something else that I've never tried before, I try it because. In a, in a form, it's kind of like traveling, right? Yeah. You can right. travel somewhere else and enjoy what other people enjoy uh, without ever leaving. Right. So you played music. Talk to me, like, what kind of music did you play? Like blues, rock? You played yeah. mostly drums, you said? Yeah, mostly drums. I migrated to some other instruments because I met people who played those instruments really well, and I kind of wanted to become like them, I think. Yeah. Um, I would play uh, rock uh, blues, uh, not really so much blues, rock, pop, um, funk, main, mainly stuff that was I could make money doing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was kind of a large goal I had. I I love music, I enjoy playing it, but I was I'm also kind of a realist, and I didn't just want to play in my garage. I wanted to make some money with it. Whether yeah. I was able to do that is, of course, up for debate. <laughs> I guess I decided it on a different career choice. But. We might ask Phoebe whether you made money. <laughs> that was pre-kids. <laughs> it didn't take long for that to be like, wait a sec, you know, lifestyle-wise. If I, I, didn't, I didn't do so much work with bands that I was out touring, mm-hmm. but I would, you know, out on the weekend, I'd be out Saturday or Sunday and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be back till two o'clock in the morning. And it just got to a point where it's like, okay, for 100 or $150, you break it down per hour and you're like, wait a sec, this isn't even minimum wage, but it feels so glamorous to be a musician. Apart from it doesn't because you're playing to five people. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the dream of it versus the reality is yeah. a little different. It's funny, you know, my son is a musician and so he uh-huh. plays a lot of shows and he, he talks about that too. By the time you put yeah. the practice time in, learn the music, right. make sure you have it, you break it down by hour, it's, right. you know, but he just loves it. And right. I think when you're a musician or you have a craft that you just are passionate about it, right. it's easy to kind of you know forget that it's not actually paying very well but um it's one of those things i wish we had a better mechanism to uh, reward talented artists whatever field they're in uh, mm-hmm. to be able to be able to do what they love to do and and make a decent living at it but maybe yeah. someday we all yeah. benefit from that kind of culture and yeah well absolutely i mean it's it's funny and i've taken a way long turn here but i'll get us back um because we do this we have events we have uh 
you know, things going on. And if you were to remove the music from that, or you were to remove the art from that, you'd have a soundless gray drab Mm -hmm. community. And we all kind of know that at some level, but our, our economics aren't structured in a way that we value that the same way we value widgets. So true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's true. Like, it's like, if you know someone has a passion to do something and you invite them to, to do to do it as part of what you do, there's an expectation they might do it for free because they just love to do it. Yeah. So, you know, that happens with music all the time. I experience that. Oh, you play drums? Oh, will you come and play? Well, I will because I love to play drums, but then I also would spend three hours a day practicing, you yeah. know, and I got to a point, <laughs> got to a point where I had, you know, I was, my goal was to provide for a family. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, that happens, I think, in all kinds of different ways. Like contractors, someone who's an electrician, you know, they, friends always ask them to get, to help out with their electric, but you, maybe you don't pay them. It's just, it's interesting thinking about passion versus livelihood. Yeah. Um, how those things work out. How do you marry the two? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. To pull them together so that, so that it works right. as yeah. part of a fully functional economy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'll come back to the, to the buildings. Uh, we... What what you're doing here with the the Plaza Towers and with the Leon and with the Hoke Building, which I want to talk about a little bit later in the show, um, really fits in with what we've talked about for years here in Hutchinson, which is kind of animating this downtown living and mm-hmm. uh, having a place or you know where people can live, shop, find their entertainment. These places are very close to the Fox, uh, very close to Carl's Bar very close to Jillian's restaurant. Like everything that you might want to do is right down here. Um, talk to me a little bit about kind of how you see uh, the rehabilitation of these buildings and, and this development that you've been working on, how that plays into the the broader vision for downtown Hutchinson. Well, I think we really have a passion for that more of that city feel. That's how we like to live. Um, we love the history and all the culture that's there in an older part of town. Um, you know, for a while, a lot of people moved out to the burbs and they wanted to spread out and get a lot of space, but, um, yeah, we really love the downtown or city kind of feel. So we have tended to invest in that type of area. Um, yeah, I mean, I was the thing I was kind of amazed at when, when we saw the, the buildings to start with was how they looked basically functional. I mean, they mostly weren't incredibly updated, but also mostly not completely in disrepair in terms of most of the apartments and, and most of the commercial spaces. But it was, it was just shocking to me why they weren't in use and why someone wasn't um, using them, renting them in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And with our renovations, we're not, coming in with Plaza and Leon, we're not coming in and doing these incredible like gut renovations. It's mostly what does it take to communicate that to the to the neighborhood and to the um the downtown area, the people of Hutch, what does it take to communicate that as we we as owners care about this building. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna do some simple renovations, put in new floors, you know, take care of it little bits and pieces, new paint. More when there's necessary, um, we'll replace some kitchens, give the bathrooms a fresh lease of life to show that there's pride in ownership. And then, um, and then that, that in, in, you know, as we're kind of one year in now, it's interesting when people see that someone cares, like, oh, that's interesting. Then we can present it to market because we've renovated in a cost-effective way. We're not dumping $50,000 into an apartment renovation. We've done it in a cost-effective way, which means we can bring it to market 
and pass that pass that kind of price point along so it's a cost effective place to rent you know either a, a cost effective you know uh, apartment because all bills are paid and it's still five six seven hundred dollars a month which i think is fairly good value or it's a it's a great kind of um commercial space like an office suite for 400 or 450 mm-hmm. or 500 or whatever it is i think that's good value and i think it's interesting how many how much demand we've had for those spaces mm-hmm. we, we almost can't actually it's true to say we can't renovate fast enough for really yeah mm-hmm. and which which was that was the question i had also while knowing i wanted to buy the building it was also the question in the back of my mind is do, do people care like am i gonna you know present my business to this this situation and renovate will they want to be part of this is anyone going to want to rent and so far the answer has been a resounding yes to the point where we need to hire more people to do the work to renovate mm-hmm. so we can we can just move through the building and just present it back to the community in a way and have them take their place because we live in kansas city so this is all about or at least a lot about hutch yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've hired a local property management firm, uh, right? Le- yes. Is yeah. It so Lou we're Co? partnering partnering with Lou and Co. Okay. Yep. To manage the Plaza Towers and the Leon Place. Uh, Logan and M are the owners of that company, and they're really heavily involved in the community through YP, the Young Professionals of Reno County, and other arenas. M has another interior design mm-hmm. business. Um, so she's helping us design the hope building which is really exciting too um yeah so it's been great to work with them on the project and to see what they bring to the their piece of the puzzle too and are they working on some of the renovation and handling the the logistics of that as well in some of the apartments they are we actually have another company that is doing the renovations okay. uh, and that's danler construction okay um lou and co is handling all the maintenance and placing tenants and things like that and they're actually um going to be setting up an office at leon place for their um property management company so that's really exciting for us too to have them as the face of you know the front of our building so. That is great. That is great. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you, like, who? So it's it was. I found it interesting what you were saying about you know we'll do this. We're going to present it and and wonder if anyone's going to want to to live here because in these this part of the country, uh, you know, the standard is you you live in an apartment when you're young, and then as soon as you can, you buy a house and you get out and you mm-hmm. and you, then you move out in the country or the suburbs or wherever, and you have a big spread. Um, who lives in 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 your apartments? We have, we do have a fair amount of younger people who are kind of fall into that category. We have a lot of, a large group of people who are older too, more in the retirement age category, maybe on a fixed income. Um, yeah, we have a lot of wonderful tenants, actually. I really love our tenants. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, yeah. I'm sure they love you too, especially if you're <laughs> making some improvements and doing, making, you know, life a little better downtown. Right. Yeah, we've got a yeah. lot of great people, but yeah. we do... Our niche in the market has always been to try to keep the housing affordable. Um, so we do, like Mark mentioned, we try to keep the renovations cost effective so that we don't have to jack the rents up. Um, we try to keep it at a good price point. And I think especially during times like COVID and when the economy tanks, there is a huge demand for affordable places to live. So, you know, that happened back in 2008 when everybody was losing their homes. It's like, where's everybody going to live? They got to rent somewhere. And um, we make it, our philosophy also is to 
be a place that we'd be happy living. So, yeah. and we have actually lived. <laughs> we lived in one of the apartments over the summer with our kids because um, we were here every other week over the summer. And um, yeah, we just want it to be a nice, comfortable place for people to live. Now, I was going to say, even though you guys, you you both live in the Kansas City area, you are in town a lot. I've seen you at downtown events uh, right. with your mm-hmm. kids. Um, so you you are you are invested in in the community. I mean, I mean beyond the property, it, it seems that you're right. you're involved in a lot that's going on here in the community. Right. Well, we wanted to. We knew that in a sense it had to start with us. Um, we needed to make connections as far as our own business when we bought when we bought buildings we needed to meet people who who would be interested in in renovating or would be interested in doing property management so we knew that that wasn't going to necessarily just magically present itself mm-hmm. to us there's a reason why building people don't buy these types of buildings because they presumably they understand you you gotta really take ownership um and they're not the types of assets where you buy and it's just, oh, it's smooth sailing. Everything's good to go. You know, it's the passive lifestyle. So that was, we, I think we kind of knew, I'm not sure if we fully had a grasp of how much, (laughs) how much it would take to do it. Um, But yeah, that was always going to be the case. We have to meet people and understand who they are and try and make connections and, and, you know, discern if their values are like our values, you know, how do they want to renovate? How do they want to manage? Like we own this building, but I'm not going to be here renting an apartment to a tenant, but I need to, they need, to, they need to do it in such a way, the person who's, you know, leasing the apartment that it reflects well on me. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, mm-hmm. I'm the building owner. And we've always felt that like when there have been, um, you know, people who've worked for us and it hasn't been a good fit, then eventually it, do, it doesn't work and you have to try and make a better, find a better fit. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. something we take very seriously as owners is, you know, we own that building and history will show these things happened on our watch. So, yeah. 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 Very true. Now, Phoebe, you, you talking about the, you know, the apartments and, and the tenants that you have, I, I was thinking one, one thing that we, we forget to talk about is that there are some real advantages to not owning your house mm-hmm. and being able to live in an apartment. I mean, yeah. no lawn to mow. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's appealing <laughs> to a lot of people, not worrying about maintenance. Yep. Um, you probably find that a lot with some of the well, both on the younger end and on the mm-hmm. older end, that people are glad to not have that responsibility. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I have, you know, with my background in OT, I thought, especially at Plaza where the apartments are really spacious, I'm like, this is the perfect housing for an older person. It's got elevator access. It's all on one floor. The doorways are wide. <laughs> yeah. The big bathrooms, you can get your walker around and things like that. So I have kind of that eye looking at it. Um, so yeah, it's a great space to live. You can call somebody to take care of your problems if your toilet's backed up or whatever (laughs) the problem might be. So yeah, you don't have to replace the sewer line yourself. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, another, another thing I want, I wanted to talk about is along with this, you have kind of a, an investment vehicle in this that allows other people uh, to share in the growth that you're experiencing and to share in the returns that you get on these properties. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because when we visited before, I just found that so interesting that you've kind of set your company up this way. Yeah. It's kind of interesting how it developed. Like five, six years ago, we um, sold our single family that we were living in and bought a duplex. And we, Phoebe and I renovated it ourselves. And we've kind of scaled our business since then. And it turned out about three years ago, um, we had a friend, kind of like an old family friend, 
who had done some real estate himself um, and was kind of seeing what we were doing and he was kind of an investor type. And I even forget the details of exactly how it transpired. But basically, it turned out that he he wanted to invest some of the principal he had into some of the things that we were developing and we had an agreement for, you know, what APR we'd pay him and all these things. So it was, it was, it was an, you know, an official agreement. And then we got to work with his, with, well, what was then our principal because we, it was mm-hmm. us and we had an agreement for how we'd, you know, reimburse him for everything in terms of APR. And then um, we put it to work in our projects. And since then it's kind of grown more. There's more people who know about what we're doing. The projects we're doing are bigger so it gets a little bit more attention. Um, but I think that's kind of the core of it. We realized that we um, we like to do certain real estate projects and they tend to be profitable enough mm-hmm. for everyone everyone to win. Um, for an investor to win, they can have a, a decent APR. It's great for our company to have that progress as well in terms of how our company can develop mm-hmm. to be able to have more resources to take down projects, to develop projects. So we've kind of seen it as like, oh, this looks like kind of a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. And generally, we, when we see win-wins, we'd like to try and knuckle down on them and make them happen. So that's kind of how it's been the last three years. We've been kind of building these relationships. It's mostly organic. We're not, I mean, we do have a page on our website about it, but we're not, we just kind of meet people and then sometimes talk about it and things develop and it becomes an official arrangement. Mm-hmm. But you can invest for as little as I think it was a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Somebody right. with as little as a they don't have to be a qualified investor mm-hmm. for no. a relatively little amount of money, right? Um, and you've consistently paid what's typical return? I think on your website you have kind yeah. of a guaranteed return, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. we pay flat interest rate, ten to twelve percent usually. Um, yeah, we pay monthly interest payments and. Uh, yeah, it, it's a great option for somebody who is interested in real estate, but it's totally passive on the side of the investor and we leverage their money ultimately and yeah. make it work for us, make it work for the community, make it work for the investors and yeah, wins all around. Oh, that's a great approach. That's a great approach. <laughs> so one of the other buildings that you have that I, I really am looking forward to talking about and, and it it's also gotten a lot of attention in town is the Hoke building. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk to me about what you're planning to do with that building. Yeah, that project's really exciting. It kind of fell into our laps in some ways. The, the former owner of the property kind of chased us down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, we're planning, we're in the works actually of converting that building into a boutique hotel which is going to have 23 hotel rooms. And on the first floor, it's going to have um, a couple of uh, retail spaces. So we're hoping for a coffee shop type area where you get okay. breakfast and lunch, and then maybe some sort of a wine bar or like an evening option for uh, maybe some light food and drinks. Um, maybe before or after the a trip to the Fox or something <laughs> like that. It's kind of what we have in mind. Um, so yeah, it's really exciting. The property has been vacant for decades, many Mm -hmm. decades. (laughs) Uh, so there's a lot of interesting situations going on there, but just a lot of history. It's almost like a time capsule in some ways where things have just kind of sat there and they're still preserved because nobody touched it. (laughs) So it is kind of like a snapshot back in time, right? Yeah. 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 And really cool. You've, if I'm, wrong on this we can cut this out but um (laughs) you've hired uh kristen piper to do some photography there haven't you 
Yeah, she's been coming down, taking a bunch of photos. We're intending to use some of her work as decor in the building once we get things up and running so that we can kind of display the journey from pre-renovation to post-renovation. Yeah, she's so talented. I mean, the, the work that she does is just phenomenal. So I'm really excited to use some of her of her stuff well i know she really enjoys building renovations she was involved uh-huh. in photographing the wiley building and it seems yeah. like any chance she gets to photograph that history uh-huh. and and the way that it's kind of restored i know she really enjoys getting involved in that yeah yeah very good you can see her passion come through in her work it's just it's phenomenal oh so. absolutely so are you guys looking at any other properties in town or any <laughs> anything you have your eyes on <laughs> Well, there's this interesting one on the corner of 5th and Main. <laughs> it's caught our eye, but we're not chomping at the bit quite yet. We got to knuckle down a little bit and get, get things moving on Hoax first. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people would like to see that happen. Hoax are, uh, Hoax kind of are, are um, us proving how we can, how we can take down a large, a larger building in a gut renovation sense, because we have to deliver, I think, in a way on mm-hmm. that. Um, it takes a lot of resources to kind of do that. And mm-hmm. how that project is funded is through lots of different um, kind of entities, really, like a community organization, Hutch CF and Startup Hutch and a construction loan, different things. So I think ultimately some that type of way of doing a project could could do another project as well. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. But people don't like to lend large sums of money often until <laughs> they have a lot, a lot of um, you know a larger track record. So I appreciate that. So, but maybe we'll we'll go for it next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Well, talk to me about the Hoke. What what makes a boutique hotel? Is it based on the number of rooms, or is there something different and unique about a boutique? Is it a theme that makes it boutique? I'm not really sure about the technical term, but in my mind, it's just kind of a unique hotel. So it's not cookie cutter, like, um, you know, the chain hotels. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a lot of unique character. We're using historic tax credits for part of the project, which will, um, so the criteria for that mean we're preserving the Mm -hmm. historic structure of the building and as much of the uh, original fabric as possible. So a lot of the majority of the walls are remaining where they are, the original trim work, any windows that we can salvage and things like that. So it'll have a lot of character. Um, the rooms will be unique in, in terms of how they're decorated and things like that. So oh, that'll be great. And like you yeah. said, for people that are, you know, in town for a Fox show or they want to come in for just a weekend or something, I think that'll be a great, right. great way to bring people downtown mm-hmm. uh, to, to an, a unique experience that, right. that they can have. Because right now, again, talking about this downtown living, I mean, right now, most of the hotels are located on the east side of town. Um, all of them, I believe. Yeah. All, I mean, in terms of a place that people might choose to stay. Yeah. And so then if mm-hmm. we want them to come downtown, they have to right. drive, they have to find some way down, but mm-hmm. some, right. having something downtown seems like such a natural fit. So I'll right. be, yeah. everybody will be excited to see that project come through. Me too. Yeah. And Hutch has so many great things to offer. They just bring a lot of people to town, whether it's, you know, through Prairie Dunes or the fairgrounds and all these different things. So yeah, I think there'll be a, a huge demand for hotel, uh, Hopefully not high quality hotel and in the downtown area, especially. So I'm sure yeah. you'll be full during the fair and during yeah. the NJCAA tournament. I think yeah. it's already booked for 2022 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the fair, assuming it's open. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so tell tell me when when these are all done, 
you, both the apartments are full, the hotel's running. Maybe by then you're working on that certain building at fifth and main. Um, <laughs> all of this is happening, or maybe by then you're done with the building at fifth and main. Um, kind of just, if you let your, your vision and your imagination go wild, what, what do you see downtown Hutchinson looking like when these projects are all in place and operating and, and, you're done with the rehabilitation part of things and you're in the operational stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I, uh, when I first came to Hutch, I think I thought maybe what, maybe what lots of people might think, or maybe people are better than I am, but like, it <laughs> seemed like there wasn't a lot going on. Now, now that I'm here more, I see that actually there is a lot going on and you, you kind of have to, you have to take a little bit more of a, a of a wider view to see all the other kind of uh, businesses that are developing or stores that are going in. So, I mean, I think there's people are doing lots of stuff. We're doing what we're doing, but there's lots of, you know, I saw on Facebook this morning, um, another store opened up on Main Street. So, and there's so much opportunity, even now there's still significant vacancy. So mm -hmm. I think probably um, there's lots of people working on lots of different things and the, the value that Hutch offers, especially in the downtown where you can buy a building for what I consider to be very good value or rent, a, rent a, a storefront or a commercial space for, again, what I consider to be very good value, I, I think that's such a good situation that surely I can't be the only one who's seeing it, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of economy is, ne you know, necessarily in time will become something that is looks to be a, a lot more vibrant because mm -hmm. it's just, it feels to me like an open door. Yeah, and I think uh, more people living downtown and more people coming to stay downtown will just create more of a buzz in the area and hopefully boost all the businesses in the area. Well, it's it's interesting because, you know, if uh, uh, there's some groups, well, you know, Strong Towns, that mm. group has been in town a, a couple of times. And it's always interesting to me because we kind of went through this period of expansion where we were going to pave roads out to wherever and we we're going to build strip malls all over. And now mm, we're yeah. starting to see that if you can concentrate your people and you can concentrate the business activity, it kind of churns a lot better, right? right. You have mm -hmm. more people living downtown that it, leads to more business. You have more business. It leads to more people. And it's mm -hmm. just this, uh, uh, what do they call it? A, uh, virtuous cycle. Mm because it nice. just keeps feeding in the right way mm -hmm. on itself. Right. Um, yeah. And I can see that totally happening right. here that we would have, yeah. you know, all these people, all this activity and right. then that leads to other things down right. the road. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a, I mean, it's a great downtown. There's so many wonderful buildings and even the investment that the city's already put into the, the main street, the drag there with the sidewalks and landscaping and things like that. There's a lot to offer. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm glad that, you all, uh, that we caught your attention and I'm glad that you came <laughs> to town and I'm glad that you're investing in Hutchinson and, um, and helping make the place better. Yeah. We're really happy to be in Hutch too. <laughs> well, thanks for taking some time to visit with me today. And, um, I'll make sure and put in the show notes, your company's website. So, and contact information. So if anybody is interested in learning more, they can have an easy way to find out. Great. Sounds great. Thank you, Joseph, thank you, Jason. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having us. All right. Yep. Take care. I'd like to thank a few of the people who have helped make that podcast and Hutch possible. My son, Mitchell Probst, wrote and recorded the music for the show. Jenny Brigett put together some great graphics and promotional art. And Chris Acker helps overcome my mistakes to produce a great sounding product every episode. 
That podcast in Hutch is made possible through a collaboration between the Hutchison Arts and Culture Collective and Salt City Sound. They're working to bring resources and infrastructure to support art, music, and storytelling in our community. If you have an idea for your own podcast, reach out to them at podcasts at saltcitysound.net. If you enjoy that podcast in Hutch, be sure to subscribe and share it with all your friends. You can also help support this production by subscribing to thatguyinhutch.substack.com or by emailing me at thatguyinhutch at gmail.com to learn about sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Assault to the Sound Production.